Hi. <laughs> Sorry about that. Thank you. That's for your okay. <laughs> we made it work. Okay. We're good. Finally. Okay, good. So today we have Julia Bauer here with us, and she is a special education teacher. Is that correct? Yes, I am. Can you tell us a little bit more about what you do, where you work? Yeah, of course. So I'm originally from New Jersey. Now I live in Pennsylvania. Um, I moved here for college. I went to St. Joseph's University, which is Very like nice. the best university. I love it there. Oh. Um, and actually, I loved it so much that I stayed for my master's degree. Oh. Um, so I earned my undergraduate bachelor's degrees and my master's degree there. Yeah, um, so my bachelor's degrees were in elementary education and special education, and then my master's degree is a master's of science in special education, and I specialized in teaching kids with learning disabilities. So that it's a mouthful. Amazing. That's amazing. <laughs> um, wow. You have dedicated yeah, so much time and, and effort in, into your education and, you know, into something that's so important and so needed. So thank you for doing that. Of course, yeah. Um, I mean, it's my passion. I've always wanted to be a teacher. Um, so now currently I teach at a school for kids with learning disabilities, which is my favorite thing ever. I love wow. the school. Um, and I teach middle school. I've been teaching science. I also taught some social studies, some math. So I kind of do a little bit of everything. Um, yeah. But science is my passion. So I love that. Wow. Yeah. So we're going to talk today a little <laughs> bit about mental health and mental health at school. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to know, what makes you passionate about mental health and why do you think mental health education is important for teachers and staff at schools? Yeah, great question. So the first part of that, why am I passionate about mental health? Um, I think a lot of it stems from my Jesuit education at St. Joe's. Um, one of the Jesuit values is cura personalis, which means cure of the whole, care of the whole person. Um, and I firmly believe in that. It's, it's more than just like as a teacher, I'm not just teaching math and science and all these other things. I'm teaching young people who go home and have hobbies and have likes and dislikes and have families and they have this whole life. Um, so it's not just about teaching math and science. Like there's so yeah. much more than that. Right. Um, so I really believe in mental health and caring for your students as whole people, not just as the little kid who's reading in front of you. Yeah, <laughs> you know? that's yeah. a really important um, point. Of course, yeah. And then, I'm sorry, what was the other part of your question? <laughs> no, that's okay. I asked you two at once. So the other uh, question that I asked is, why do you think that mental health education is important for teachers and staff at schools? And why is it important that they have a background in mental health? Yeah, that's an excellent question. Um, so I believe that it's so important um, mainly because, like I said, students are more than just that one person who you see in the classroom. There's so much more than that. Um, part of my educational philosophy is a quote from Rita Pearson. Um, this is my favorite quote of all time. I wrote it on my graduation cap when I graduated oh. with my master's. That's why I submitted that picture to you guys for the oh, little like, advertisement because <laughs> that quote is on there. Um, and the quote says, um, I'm going to read it. I have like my screen over here. Yes, please do. <laughs> I have to get it right because it's just so beautiful. Oh, so wait. she says, every child deserves a champion, an adult who will never give up on them, who believes in the power of connection, and who insists that they become the best that they can possibly be. And to me, like, that is everything I believe as a teacher. Yeah. Um, and when it comes to mental health, 
a lot of these kids, actually, I think every kid <laughs> needs a champion. And really, as teachers, like that is our that should be our main goal is to be that champion for a student. I mean, we can't be a champion for every student, like just one teacher. But yeah. if we all work together, like enough of us can be champions for these kids. Yeah. Um, and I mean, their mental health, it directly impacts their learning. So if you're just in the classroom and you're just focused on reading in that moment, I mean, it's not really going to happen. You have to think about everything else going on in their lives. Yeah. Um, yeah, wow. it's, it's directly related. Wow, yeah. I love that quote. Thank you so much for sharing I know, I love that, that quote. Me. That is a beautiful quote, and I love the way that you connected it to being a teacher and how important it is. I think it's so important for every individual to know that they have someone on their side and someone cheering them on. And I think as a student and as a child, um, nothing could be more important than having a role model or having someone that has your back. So thank you for sharing that quote with us. I feel like that could be helpful to anybody. You know what I mean? So yeah. that's, that's amazing. Um, how have you seen mental health change or become maybe potentially more of an issue when you started teaching virtually? Like, how did it affect your mental mm -hmm. health? How did it affect the mental health of your students? Yeah, so I'll take that question in two parts. Um, I'll start with the mental health of my students. Um, first of all, I like I said before, I teach kids with learning disabilities. And a lot of these students have extremely high anxiety based on, like, revolving around learning. Um, and that's for a couple reasons. A lot of our students, unfortunately, have come from areas and um, they've come from schools where they weren't supported. And um, a lot of learning disabilities, if you don't have background in learning disabilities, um, a lot of them present sometimes as laziness or um, even like some, some of my kids have told me that other teachers in their previous schools called them dumb or stupid. Um, and so even though it might present sometimes as a student being lazy or not trying hard enough, um, it's really just they learn a little differently. Right. But they were told their whole lives that they were stupid and they weren't trying. Yeah. So the anxiety levels around learning, um, specifically with reading, because kids with dyslexia go through a lot. Um, yeah. it's, it's really hard for them. Um, so the anxiety around learning is so high to begin with. Now we're trying to put that online. Um, and moving to online has increased anxiety, I think, across the board for, again, many reasons. Um, I think part of it is the difficulty in learning through a screen. Um, the way that I teach, I'm very hands-on. I'm used to having manipulatives and things to move around and right. um, things to do with the students. We're moving, like I'm so used to that. And now they're sitting in front of a screen. So I know that's really hard for them. I think yeah. another cause of the high anxiety is the media. Um, I mean, the kids, they go on social media or they hear it on the news and all they're hearing are the numbers from this virus, all the death rates and right. all the death numbers and everything. And I can't even imagine being a middle schooler and all you're hearing is all these people are dying. <laughs> like, I right. would be terrified. Oh <laughs> yeah. Um, so it has, the anxiety has definitely increased since we've been online. Um, and then besides just the anxiety, kids miss the social interaction. And that's been really detrimental on their mental health. Yeah. Um, they don't have recess time. They don't have lunch time with their friends. They don't, they're not on the bus with their friends. They're not even just like walking to and from classes together with each right. other. 
Yeah, so even just those unstructured times when they had that social interaction, they're not getting that anymore, and that's really tough on them. Right, so yeah. it's a, you know, we have this culture of fear, you know, increasing mm -hmm. in our society right now, which is really mm -hmm. hard for any child to understand, because I think it's hard for adults to understand. It's hard for any of us mm -hmm. to understand. Then you put that, you know, pair that with so social isolation, and then you pair that with having to learn through a screen. I think... Um, that would have been really difficult for me as a child. I have really bad ADHD and it was hard for me to sit still um, in the classroom and to not talk to the people next to me and to, you know, to focus when I was just learning in a, in a normal natural learning environment. And then I can't imagine how hard it would have been for me to focus if I had to do it in my home and do it with my siblings next to me. And, you know, you have yeah. all of these different distractions. So, um, I really, I really give so much credit to the students and really so much credit to the teachers like you who have found Thank ways you. to adjust right now because I'm sure it's been hard. And how has that, how has that affected your mental health? Yeah, so I think, I mean, teachers are so focused on our students' mental health. Um, I mean, I think that just comes with being a teacher. You care so much about your students, like, and you just, you're so focused on them. And I mean, we don't talk about students' mental health enough, but we don't we barely talk about teachers mental health so i mean when it comes to teaching online like this whole the past few months i i honestly felt like a failure as a teacher because i did not feel like i was um i did not feel like i was doing my best um even though i was putting in so much effort like the kids weren't oh. really learning so I didn't feel like I was doing my job. I didn't feel like they were engaged. Um, it was really, really challenging. Um, and it really took a toll on me. Um, thankfully, I have a great support system. So I, um, I'm i doing a lot better with it now. I'm teaching oh. online summer school, so I'm still teaching oh. online. Yeah, um, and it's, it's still very challenging, but you just kind of, you make it through the day and you go to the next one. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. bet. Well, what an adjustment. I think for anybody who's in any industry right now, it's hard to adjust and hard to kind of adapt to the virtual realities that we're facing right now. But then at the same time, like you don't only need to focus on yourself and how you're going to adapt, but how your children and your students are going to adapt as well. So I give you so much credit. I, I don't know how I would handle doing that. Um, Thank you. <laughs> of course. A question I have is, if a student, and I'm not sure if you'll have the answer to this, but if a student is having a mental health crisis or you notice at school or even through virtually that a student is having a hard time engaging or whatever it might be, um, at what point do you talk to the student's parents or their families and how would you recommend going about that to another teacher, maybe a newer one or someone who hasn't dealt with a student with mental health issues before? Yeah, so I think the first thing is before the student even has the, a mental health crisis or anything like that, before any of that even happens. Yeah. When you first meet the student, connect with the family. Um, I think connecting with the family, making a, a relationship with them, um, whether that's parents, grandparents, an older sibling, an aunt and uncle, like whoever is taking care of this child, make a relationship with them. Um, that way they know you, they know your face, they know your voice and you're, forming that positive relationship to begin with. I think that's like the most important thing is right, before yeah. anything, anything even happens, you form a relationship. Hard advice. Yeah, so then if something does happen, um, 
And if there's some kind of like warning sign or something like that, um, I know we have like a list of warning signs and I can read those off later. Um, but if a teacher recognizes those more, any of those warning signs, which teachers should know what they are, um, yeah. if you recognize that, I think the first thing the teacher, the teacher should do is initiate a conversation. Um, and that depends on like who the teacher talks to, I think depends on how the school um, deals with mental health situations. Um, so some schools, um, they prefer if you talk to the parents directly, immediately. Okay. Some schools would rather the teacher go to the school psychologist and then the school psychologist contacts the family. So I think it depends on your school and where you are. Um, at my okay. school, what I would do, I would go to my supervisors first. And so that would be like the head of middle school and the school psychologist. I would go to them first before going to the family okay. um, just to make sure that I'm doing everything the right way. There are laws involved. Like I just, I, right, wanted, yeah. I would want to make sure that I'm going about it the right way. Um, and then, of course, I would be involved in that conversation with the parents or family members of that child. Um, but yeah, I think it, it depends on how the school handles it. So okay. I would go based on what the school um, protocols are. That's great advice. And would you yeah. mind sharing with us some of the warning signs that you've learned? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so I've even seen some of these from my students during the school year. Um, okay. That we do have a lot of students with high levels of anxiety, and um, most of our students have attention deficits in com like in combination with a learning disability. Um, yeah. So we see a lot of these kinds of um, signs and symptoms. So I'll read off some of them from the list. Um, poor academic performance, persistent boredom, headaches and stomach aches, a lot of... Um, a lot of students actually experience physical symptoms based right. on a mental health um, incident. So like if a student has like really high anxiety, they might actually get an actual headache or an actual right. stomach ache. Like it causes them physical pain. Right. Um, it's called psychosomatic. Um, you might have heard of it before, but it's called a psychosomatic like symptom. Okay. Um, some other symptoms or signs to look out for, um, a student being agitated, irritable, angry, um, persistent negative thinking. I see that a lot, like I said, about learning. Yeah. Um, the language like, I can't do this, this is too hard, um, stuff like that. Um, indecisiveness or changes, like extreme changes in behavior, like doing things that they wouldn't normally be doing, um, stuff like that. Okay. Yeah, so those are all some signs and symptoms. Like I said, I've seen a lot of those yeah. in, in school already. Thank you so much for sharing those. I think, and I, I mean, I'm glad that you pointed out and explained a little bit about, um, you know, the symptoms showing in physical ways, mm -hmm. opposed to not only um, in verbal ways or um, ways that you would correlate it to mental health. I think mm -hmm. that's really common amongst all age groups we see this lack of understanding between the mind and the body and how they coexist and our bodies are one functioning unit yet we separate them so separately so you might think that if a kid has a stomach ache maybe they ate something bad or maybe they you know they have a virus but then if you maybe have a conversation with them or listen to what what's going on at home or what happened at the playground or what, you know, whatever it might be, you might come to understand that it's a symptom of a mental health ailment. So I'm really glad that you pointed that out. Yeah, of course. Thank you so much. <laughs> well, 
in, in closing, I wanted to know if you have one piece of advice or one favorite thing that you keep in mind when it comes to just persisting through this time um, for any teachers out there who are struggling with teaching virtually and keeping their students engaged and just, you know, the disappointment of the change and the challenge of the change and what would you say to kind of encourage teachers to, to keep going? Yeah, um, I think one of the most important things you can do for your students is get to know them and support them. Um, those seem like two really simple things and they really are that simple, like getting to know them. I take a couple minutes in the beginning of my class and I ask my students, hey, you guys watching any new TV shows? Um, and they've given me some good TV shows to watch. So, <laughs> I mean, I teach middle schoolers, so they're a little older, like yeah. they're watching stuff like like Star Wars Clone Wars and like oh, stuff like true. that. Yeah, so like they've given me some good stuff to watch. But even just like little things like that, like what sports are you playing? What are your siblings up to? Like random things. It takes like literally three minutes at the beginning of my class, but it form like every day when you do when you take those three minutes it's not gonna take away from your instruction time. Like, it's really not. That three minutes doesn't make enough of a difference in your instruction time. And if the students know that you care about them and that you're, you're curious about, like I said, care of the whole person, you're curious about what they like to do when they're not in school, all those things, if they know that you care about them, they're gonna be way more engaged in your lesson anyway. So, yeah. I mean, personally, it's worth it for me to take those extra few minutes and just let them know, like, hey, I'm here. I want to listen to what you have to say. I care about you. Um, yeah, I think that's the most important thing you can do for your students. Be that champion for them. Show them that you care and that you're supporting them and that you're not going to give up on them no matter what. That's really amazing advice. And I just love that. We always say in our mental health intervention trainings, when in doubt, show love. If you don't know what else to do, if you don't know how to handle a situation, just show them that you care. And I think everything you said has really aligned with that. And I have learned so much from this. And I know there are probably so many teachers that could really benefit from your advice. So thank you so much for being here with us today. And I'm, I'm sorry about the delay in the beginning. So thanks for being patient. That's with okay. We <laughs> thank you so to... much for having me. Of course. Thank you. And, and we'd love to stay in touch and continue to work with you in the future and have you on again, maybe in a yeah. couple months and see how things have oh, changed. Absolutely. I would love that. I mean, we're going to be maybe going back to school, maybe not. I'm sure there will be plenty of different um, things to talk about yeah. when we talk about like going back to school. So <laughs> yeah, absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> okay, thank you so much. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks again, thank Julia. Thank you. Bye. Bye.